Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. All right, everyone. So uh, now that we've gone again through all our fun disclaimers, and um, I'd like to welcome everyone back after our cannabis and chronic illness series, which was an amazing series. And if you saw our Instagram live, Nicole and I kind of, you know, recapped everything we learned and it was just fantastic. But we're back going through our new and noteworthy this week. So we hope you all had a good week. Um, Again, we'd love for you to share it with us. Come join us on our Facebook group. Join us um, on Instagram or wherever you can find us on social media. Share with us how your week has been. Give us feedback on the last series of episodes. You know, we just, we want to be social with you. Yes, we do. Oh, but we do have some new and noteworthy this week that is, wait for it, not COVID related. <laughs> Whoa. It's a miracle. Miracles do happen sometimes. Yes, they do. We want to talk about um, some political news, which is the SSI Restoration Act of 2021, which sounds very, very, very serious. And it is. It is very serious. But it is a bill that was introduced in in Congress, I think was mid-June. Yeah. In June. And it's... talks about raising the monthly disability income above the poverty level. I think it's a 30% increase. It is changing the amount recipients can save from $2,000 to $10,000. Now, this is the first update in this amount in over 30 years. Isn't that crazy? It hasn't changed in 30 That's just nuts. And see how important disability is. Well, yeah, right? And then it's it's going to update outside income restrictions to $3.99 a month from work without a benefit reduction. And also it'll remove the marriage ban. That's wonderful. I know, right? Because that is just insane. That's just silly. And then it'll remove penalties and reductions for receiving help from friends and family. So that is, that's a lot. That's a lot, a lot. That's that's a lot that's been like holding a lot of people back that are on disability from getting help that they need. Right now, this bill has 38 co-sponsors. It's um, been introduced to the, to Congress in the House Ways and Means Committee. And it's just, it has not been voted on yet. So um, right now, the best thing you guys can do is reach out to your members of Congress and say, you know, this is a really important bill to me. This is something I really want you to vote on. It's Bill H.R. 3824. Let me repeat that. H.R. 3824. Um, We'll put this in the show notes. We'll put a link in the show notes to where you can reach out. And also like tell you which 
members of Congress have co-sponsored the bill. And you guys, the more pressure we put on members of Congress to sign on to the bill, the more pressure we put on them to vote yes on this bill, the better all of our lives will be if we end up or are on disability. This That's is right. a really, really important bill for people who are who have chronic illnesses. This yeah. is huge. It is. I mean, there's so much in this bill and this needs to change so badly. Yes. Yes. I mean, a lot of people are focusing on this for an aging population, um, which is incredibly important, but this is also important for people who have chronic illnesses. Absolutely. And this is a big deal for this community. It is very big deal. So I, yeah, we're just encouraging you guys. This is the point in time where we say advo advocacy is so important. Yep. This, this is that time. Mm-hmm advocate, advocate, advocate for yourself and others and calling your member of Congress, writing to your member of Congress. When we put the link in there, it, it'll be a really easy link. You kind of just click on it, put in your name and go. And you'll likely get a nice little letter back from your member of Congress too. All yes. official. You'll feel all special. Thank you for writing to us. I'm like, if you want to make me feel special, get this bill passed. <laughs> that's right. I don't really care what piece of paper. That's right. I need these, you know, these things that are coming up. I need these to happen. <laughs> so right now the 38 co-sponsors are all Democrats. So if you live in a Republican area, we really need you to pressure your members of Congress. Yes, please. Um, and I'll be pressuring mine who hasn't signed on yet and is a Democrat. Hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it, we just need to build up the pressure. It'll yeah. work. So that is our new and noteworthy this week. And that was exciting because it yeah. had nothing to do with COVID. Oh it's my like a total shock. I know. Even though we could go into things about COVID, this is all we're going to do for new and noteworthy today. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about COVID. No, today. me neither. <laughs> Too depressing. Yes. Had conversations this morning about it and I just don't want to talk about it no, today. No, neither do I. And if you want to know more about COVID, you can look on like our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Stuff because we've got stuff up there about it. I promise you can definitely find stuff out. All right. But we're going to talk about a little bit of summer fun and travel. Yeah. Because it is, we are in the heart of summer. And if you, cause if you haven't noticed, most of us have been in heat waves as I sit um, in front of my microphone with a fan blowing full throttle on me while the air conditioner is on in my house and super fun heat. I love it. Not really. Not really, guys. Not really. I am counting down the days till summer is over. I'm I'm thrilled that it's half over. I cannot <laughs> wait for fall. Two more months, I can start decorating for Halloween. I'm like thrilled. I'm like, oh my god, this is almost over. Whoop whoop. Thank you, God. <laughs> so I love so I love summer. I just have found now that I have more heat sensitivity that it's difficult. It's difficult, but I love aspects of summer. And one of the things that's fun is that everyone kind of travels in the summer. And now I know we're in COVID season and travel is a little more difficult because of that. We're not really going to totally, we're not going to discuss COVID travel because we all know about wearing masks on planes and please wear your mask on planes and don't be that person that gets in a fight on a plane and has to be dragged off. We're tired of those stories, guys. But we're going to talk about like how you travel when you have a chronic illness, because I think a lot of people don't travel because they have chronic illnesses. 
they kind of hold themselves back from it because they think they can't. The thing is, if you do it right, you actually can travel. You can find ways to get out of your house, to go to places, to see fun things, um, to experience the world. And it just takes a little extra planning on our part to get out there. You know, we, we just have to plan it. Yes. I, and I know I'm saying this and, and you're thinking in your head, why is everything extra for us? Right. So I know Nicole's true. thinking that. Oh Nicole, my God. I can see her face in there and she's like, it's always extra planning for us. It's always extra everything. <laughs> but it is. I mean, sorry guys. It's just yeah, it just is what it is. In the end, that extra planning though is going to mean you got out, you went on vacation, you saw awesome things. Yeah. You it's worth it. Awesome things. Yeah. With that planning, you were able to enjoy it versus freaking out about something or hurting or well, we always hurt, but you know, hurting more. Um So I think the first aspect of any travel experience we're going to have is to ask yourself if you can actually handle the vacation you want to take. And I know I just said, like, we can handle any vacation, but we have to be real about some vacations. Be real about climbing Mount Everest. I was just going to say that. Sure, I know like that there was that blind guy who just climbed Mount Everest and more power to him. Yeah, God bless him. I mean, I say this and I really don't want to climb Mount Everest. I have no desire to climb Mount Everest. No, I mean, if you do, wow. Yeah, good for you. Go for it. Just plan it out really, really well. Yeah. And that's kind of what what we're going to say here. Like when I was, I was telling Nicole when I was 24, 25, I went to Jamaica And there's part of this vacation where you climb Dunn River Falls. And I did it. And it was fairly easy and no big deal. I could not do that right now with the vertigo and the instability and just everything that's going on with me. I I couldn't do it. I I just know I couldn't do it. I couldn't either. Um, It just isn't the thing I I would want to do now. Could I go to Jamaica? Yes. I could absolutely go to Jamaica. I could enjoy every part of the of a vacation there that I would plan out. I just wouldn't do the part of the travel that was that. Mm-hmm. That just wouldn't be part of my agenda. So you have to look at what types of vacations you want to take. Be real about your what your body can handle. Make sure you're putting in good times of rest. Um, And look at the planned agenda before you book the vacation. You know, if you're looking at a planned out vacation or someone calls you and they're like, I've got this great vacation, um, this, you know, that that we're going to book. Why don't you guys join us for it? Make sure you look at the entire agenda. You know, we're going to go on a castle tour in Scotland. Fantastic. I'd love to go on a castle tour of Scotland. That sounds great. Look at the castles. Look at what you can do because it might all be stair climbing. Can you handle all that stair climbing? Some people can, some people can't. Not everything is ADA compliant. So I just, I mean, I'm not trying to be negative Nelly. And maybe you don't want to climb all the stairs. Maybe there's other things to do on the grounds. Like I went to Blarney Castle when I was in Ireland and everyone's like, we're going to go up and we're going to kiss the Blarney stone. 
First of all, y'all have fun with that because there's two things. One, I am not kissing a stone that 80 million other people have kissed. Oh, Germaphobe here, guys. Me too. And this is pre-COVID. And I don't care if they wipe it off with the thing of alcohol. It's just Mm-mm. the idea that, ooh. Second thing, major fear of heights. And you have to like lean out it over an, uh, an uh, like abyss. I would, I would never, I just, I would right? seriously pass out from fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, yeah, no, I would love to see Ireland and everything, but I, I, I'm not climbing a zillion stairs and, and all that. Well, that's the whole thing. You have to climb a zillion stairs. Then you lean out over an abyss and you kiss the stone. So I didn't have that desire, but does that keep me from going to Blarney Castle? No, because there's all of these grounds. There's all this beautiful stuff to see there besides just the stone. And you can actually also walk like underneath it and like see other things. You can see other things in the castle. You can do other things. So I did my research and I knew that I could do all this other stuff there. And it didn't keep me from going on that tour. That's because awesome. there's so many other things to do. It's knowing though, but I did my research on it before I booked that part of the vacation, before I booked that tour. I'm not trying to make myself sound perfect. I definitely have made my share of vacation mistakes, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, which we'll get to. It's about looking at the planned agenda and booking once you've looked at it. And that's kind of key and knowing what your body can handle. Like I can't handle being hung out there over an abyss, not going to happen. So that's, that's, that's the first step, knowing what you can handle for your vacation before you book anything. The worst thing is having to book something, cancel it and losing your money. Oh my God. So true. Well, that's, that's part of the worst thing. The second part is getting there, figuring out you can't do anything and you've wasted your money on a vacation. You're having no fun being part of and also like ruining other people's fun because now they feel guilty because they're either doing something without you or they're being held back from doing something because you can't do it. That's right. Know what you can do. The second part of traveling with a chronic illness is knowing the lay of the land, the laws of the land, the lay of the land and all that. You want to research your international and state laws before you go anywhere. And this is especially important in regards to your meds. Some meds are not legal in other, some of the meds you're taking are not legal in other countries. That doesn't mean you can't bring your meds with you necessarily. You have to research that, but it may mean you don't have access to those medications when you're in those other countries. Like if you would lose your medication or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you didn't bring enough or something, you may not be able to get access to that. Like some countries, you can't even get Tylenol. Some countries, you can't get your psychotropic medication because they don't believe in psychotropic medication. So if you would need to stay longer, God forbid, because you got sick and you don't have enough medication with you, you wouldn't be able to access those medications, even if you were in the hospital. Exactly. So you, and then in other countries, you can bring your medications with you, but you have to have them in your prescription bottles. They need to see that they were prescribed to you by a doctor in your country because they may pull you aside and follow up with your doctor. I mean, some of these countries are extremely restrictive on what drugs are brought in. They can also restrict how many over-the-counter medications you can bring with you. You can only bring in enough for your stay. 
So like you may not be able to bring in an entire bottle of Tylenol or naproxen or ibuprofen. You may just need, be able to bring in enough that for your particular stay. Right. So you really have to do your research before you travel internationally as to what you can bring across their border. They can be very restrictive because they're restricting, like if you were to bring like 17 bottles of Tylenol in your bag, some countries will see that as you are trying to sell the medication. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's not just even medication. Like I think Singapore restricts gum. You can't even bring certain amounts of gum. It's like, so like you have to know your international laws. It's very important. And what, so you have to know what you can bring and it's even state laws. Like you may use cannabis to help. Like you may make, you know, we just have these cannabis episodes and people make their own tinctures and their own oils and they may want to bring those with, and you can't, Mm -mm. you can't bring your own cannabis. It's illegal to travel to different states with cannabis. Even if you have a card and you're going to another state that has medical and recreational, you cannot transport it with you. So you need to be really, you just, you need to be careful with yourself. Just know where you're going, know what you can bring, what you can't bring and, and how to bring it. Um, also know what certain medications are called in other countries. So like Tylenol in England is called paracetamol. And I'm probably mispronouncing it. And I'm really sorry to our British listeners who probably hate me right now. <laughs> I, I'm apologizing for being an ugly American. But know what your medications are called in the country you're going to or in the state you're going to. Because if you need it, you need to know what you're asking for. Or um, if someone's giving you something, you need to know what you're getting. So in other countries... Some like opioids are legal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't want to take something your body can't handle. Right. So knowing the lay of the land that way, also knowing where you can get treatment where you're going. That's also a big deal now. Like I like to know where all the hospitals are, where I'm going, um, where the doctors are. So like I pay to be a part of, I guess you'd call it a concierge clinic, but it's not like super fancy. Like some, like, I mean, it's not like celebrity concierge medicine. It's just a group of clinics across the country. And I pay a little extra to be a part of that. They have clinics everywhere. So I can go to that clinic anywhere that they have an office. So I always know where those offices are. So like one time I had an emergency and I was in Washington, DC well, I knew that they had a, I knew that they had a clinic right there in DC and I was able to go there. And then another time I had an emergency in Phoenix and I got right into my, into the doctor's office in Phoenix and they were able to prescribe some medicine for me on the spot. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I listen, like that's very lucky, but I also knew where all the hospitals were, the emergency rooms were when I was traveling. Anytime I would travel somewhere, that's one of the things that I always knew. Where's the hospital? Where's, where's a doctor? And that's important. Like anyone who's getting dialysis, anyone who's, you know, gets regular infusions, anyone who has anything where there's like special treatment that they need, you need to know where these places are that you can get any type of special treatment. 
And like, Nicole, you have, you have certain special medical needs. So for you, research like that is really important. Yeah. And I'm okay now with, uh, since I'm not getting infusions anymore and I could, you know, mine were every six months. So I could plan around that thankfully, but I definitely want to know what hospitals I'm by. I don't go to States where I know the medical care is, is, is crappy. I just don't, because I don't know with my condition, what's going to happen. It could change at any moment. And I want to make sure I'm getting good care until I can get home. Well, and like with your lingual thyroid, mm-hmm. you don't want to go to a place that doesn't no. understand that they could kill you. No, that's why I like to be, you know, there's only certain states that I feel comfortable in, you know, where I know the hospitals are world renowned or whatever. You know, I, I don't want to be somewhere like in Podunk somewhere and they go, oh, I'm sorry, what's wrong with you? We've never heard of that. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> but I mean, if I travel out of the country or if I go someplace tropical, I mean, I'm taking a risk because I know a lot of times I'm not going to get that care there. So I have to be very careful. And I think, I think it's, it's a risk we take when we travel because Mm -hmm. we're away from our regular doctors. We're away Mm -hmm. from the people who know our conditions best. Yes. So that's why our research is so important and, and knowing where things are and sometimes even contacting those places to let them know we're going to be in the area, depending on how severe our, our situations are, is important. So the next thing we want to talk about is the ever fun aspect of packing. Yay, packing. So you've booked your trip. You know where you're going. You've done your research. You know what your hospitals are. You know, you know, you know, you can bring your meds. You're ready to go. You're pack your stuff. What do you pack it in? Nicole, what do you pack your stuff in? A suitcase. Oh, what kind of suitcase? I have a rolly suitcase because it helps me because I can't just, I, you know what? I had different luggage last time I traveled and it really hurt. So I got the kind with the extra wheels or whatever. And even my carry-on has wheels. Yeah. So, and it has an extender, you know, what do you call it? So, and it made traveling so much easier. So that's what I'm going to recommend for anyone that has chronic pain or anything like, or you know, just has difficulty. Rolly suitcases are the best. Yes, yes. Um, and I recommend when you go to buy a suitcase to try it out and to walk around the store with it for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Just kind of walk around, roll it around, put your stuff in it when you're walking around the store so you see how it is with some weight. Just walk around, see how it is in your hand, see if it gets stuck in things. How does it do over crevices and power around corners? Because you've got to walk around that airport for a little bit with that rolly suitcase. Yes. And it can be a real pain, um, literally, not just figuratively, literally a real pain. And rolly suitcases are the best. So I do recommend that and they don't have to be expensive. I've gotten them at like a TJ Maxx or. Yeah, a, a, I got mine at Kohl's and they were on sale. Yeah. It was a great deal. Coupons are fantastic. Yep. You use those and you, you know, you just, you got to look for them, but you got to try them out and you can get them in all different sizes. But yes, even your carry on rolly suitcase, or like if you're not going to carry much on a nice backpack. Um, if you can handle a backpack, they even have the ones that go in the front. If you, you know, if your back is bothers you, but you can put it on the front, you can get those. I use those a lot. 
if I don't have a, like, I am a minimalist now when it comes to carrying things on. I like to only have stuff I put underneath my seat. I don't like to put anything in the overhead bin if I can help it. So I have the bag that I check and a backpack and that is it. I have my overhead um, bag and they let me bring on my, instead of what I do is I bring a, um, like a backpack, but I can put my purse in it. So it doesn't count as two different mm-hmm. ones. And then I, cause I want to bring a little bit more stuff. Um, I try to be as minimalist as I can, but sometimes oh, there's stuff see, I, I don't even like rolling my suitcase through the airport. So I check a bag and I bring yeah, a, I have a check bag. And I yep. mean, I do not, I don't like rolling anything through the airport. I am so minimalist now when I travel and it's just my backpack. And that's, that's that. Um, and the way that I keep my rolly suitcase organized is I use packing squares and my packing squares are how I organize everything in my, your check bag, my check bag. Mm-hmm. Cause it keeps everything in order and how I need it. They, those are also like a lifesaver and they're not very expensive, but they keep everything super organized and com- compact. But I used to travel a lot for work. So these are just kind of tricks of the trade, but I, I don't travel with much anymore. I just can't. Cause also you start, like when you start overpacking, things get heavy. And when you have chronic pain, you have to remember, you're going to have to lift that at some point. Yeah. I so. always look to see if I can buy, like, I always, I don't bring shampoo and stuff. I, 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 that's the one thing I do. I stop at Walgreens, wherever I'm going, I get like a small bottle for a week and then I throw it out before I leave. I don't want mm-hmm. anything that I, I don't bring any of that stuff. I don't bring, I bring my curling iron. I don't bring a blow dryer. I want to make sure I have it in the room, but I mean, as much stuff as I can get that's simple, I do that when I get there. It's just easier yeah. for me. And then that's what you have to know. What can you get when you get there? And like, what does the hotel provide? What mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. need? Like you, most hotels now provide a hairdryer. Oh, yeah. Most hotels provide things for you. So, you know, make sure you're not bringing things you don't need to bring mm-hmm. with you. Um, like I even bought, cause I have a lot of times have, like just have curly hair. So I use a diffuser. There's a diffuser that fits on your specific hairdryer, and then you can buy a travel diffuser that can fit on any hairdryer. So I bought one of those. So I can diffuse my hair anywhere. It's it you can you can find things that will work for you to keep your travel lighter and easier. So that's that's kind of you want to try and make your travel as light as possible and as easy as possible, especially with your suitcase. The other thing is what you pack and what your non-essential items need to go in your big suitcase. This is going to sound so common sense, but sometimes it just needs to be said. Your non-essential items go in your big suitcase. Your essential items come with you on your person. So your essential items are things that you cannot just run out and go buy. Like your medications. Medication, glasses, contact lenses. I'm going to say it, a couple pairs of underwear. Mm-hmm. A retainer, if you have something like that. Yeah. Um, I bring a pair of socks too, just in case. Right. So the reason I say a couple pairs of underwear, and this is where I'm going to get into my travel mistake. When I was traveling to Ireland, they lost my um, checked bag. And I didn't bring extra underwear in my um, carry-on. 
And they lost my checked bag for two days or like a day and a half, really. But I didn't realize in Ireland that stores are closed on Sunday. Like not just, you know, some stores, all stores, all stores, like your Walgreens type stores, all stores closed Sunday. The only place I could buy clothes to replace what was in my bag was the um, Guinness factory where I went (laughs) on a tour. And so I had bought head to toe Guinness clothes to wear, but they didn't sell underwear. And um, so I was washing my underwear in the sink for a couple days and it just was not pleasant guys (laughs) it just wasn't fun so that it might be tmi and sorry for you guys i think it's tmi but it's a lesson learned don't assume you can buy something either know what's open and closed in the country you're going to Mm -hmm. but in ireland things were closed and i couldn't go find um underwear and i mean they they eventually found my luggage and that was beautiful and Um, I had my clothes back, but I went on my tour the next day and had no makeup because I didn't care. And uh, no, that part I didn't care as much about as my underwear, my undergarments. I should call them undergarments, shouldn't I? No. <laughs> so in any case, lesson learned, at least bring one to two pairs in your carry-on. Yes. And socks, maybe too. I do carry socks because my feet get really cold on the plane. That's just a personal, personal. I always thing. bring just a, for me, I always bring a set of an extra set of clothes in my carry on, like a shorts and a tank top or something in case something happens and yeah. I can't get to the store right away. So I bring a couple pairs of underwear, a change of clothing, a pair of socks, you know, that's, and I bring my headphones, you know, my medicine, stuff like that. Your meds are the key, though. Your meds yes. are yes, key. Yes, yes. And so, I I do want to point out that with your meds, and and I think most people know this, but I don't know that everybody knows, knows that with your meds, prescription meds, even like, especially with liquid or creamy meds, even if they're over the limit of what they say you can bring in a carry on, if they are prescription medications, you can't bring them on the plane. Mm -hmm. You just have to bring them in their prescription container and they will allow that through TSA because they are prescription. They are prescribed for you. They don't have to go in your checked bag. They, you can bring them on the plane with you because they are a prescribed medication. Any, any type, any medical equipment, anything like that, that is, that is allowed. And so just that, that is an important thing to note when you are traveling. The other thing that I would say is put a medical plan in your carry-on. Actually, I would put it both in your carry-on and your checked bag, but that's just the type A crazy person I am. But put a medical plan in your carry-on so people who are with you or around you can find you know, what your chronic illnesses are, what medications you're taking for them. Who's your doctor? who your doctors are, who they need to contact. Um, Cause that medical plan can help you if you aren't conscious, if you can't vote or you can't vocalize, you know, what you need. Yeah. Even I have a, uh, what do you call it? Able um, to, you don't know that. Uh, um, I can't, I'm trying to think, Oh, road ID. 
and I can connect it to my watch. They made a special one that goes with the Apple watch. So on the side of mine has my mom as my emergency contact, my doctor, what's wrong with me. And so if I got to the emergency room and they would know to look like on my phone for all the rest of my information, but I have the brunt of it right there. So if anything ever happened, they could be like, oh, we're going to call her mom right away or call her doctor and get the rest of her info. I, it's been such a convenient thing to have. Right. And it was really cheap to get too. See, there you go. Yeah. I just, having a medical plan on your person is just, and, and I wouldn't even just put it in your carry-on. I'd carry it with you through your entire um, trip on your person somewhere through your entire trip, because the last thing you want is someone not knowing your condition and giving you the wrong medication, treating you the wrong way, mm-hmm. setting your treatment plan back mm-hmm. or heaven forbid, like killing you. Yeah. Because, because the allergies, I mean, they might give you something in an emergency and you're allergic. It's yeah. very important to actually have a medical alert bracelet on you. Yeah. I mean, the bracelet is one thing. The full plan is another. Yeah. It's crazy. Like the bracelet, if you're, if you have that severe, you should definitely have a bracelet. You on. should. Cause the, the paramedics are not going to look for a plan. They're just not going yeah. to, no matter how sick you are, how sick you're not, you need to have something like that. On you because need your to paramedics have that. Look for that. Yeah. Like if you are that severe, you need to have the medical mm-hmm. alert bracelet on. It's just helpful to have your full plan with you. If you're in a, in, if you are in a foreign place and mm-hmm. I mean, foreign place can be like a state next door. Yeah. That plan on you, if you, if you write out a good medical plan of your own medical history, plus the hospital that's nearby, the doctor you've been in contact with, if you have all of that with you, then, you know, I need to go to X hospital because I know that's the hospital that has what I need for my condition. I know that I need, like, you could even keep that information in your phone. You could keep that information, like just have something near you that outlines what you need. Yeah. Because the paramedics, when they get you, are going to take you to the closest hospital. That doesn't matter. And they're not going to go looking through your bags, your purse. That's going to happen later on. So you need to make sure you have something they can access immediately. I mean, that's the bracelet, but you do Mm -hmm. need to have have everything. I would have everything. You can have it on you. I'm just saying immediately, like if you have an accident or something, they will not. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I agree. But you should also have everything with you. Yes. That way, if they get your purse at the ER, they can start going through it and see, you know, oh, she's got this on her. So now we can look at this. Exactly. I think, I think if you cover all your bases, it's helpful. Absolutely. The other thing is when, you know, if you're traveling by plane, you know, there are some things you do need to let the airline know, like if anything in that, any medical devices you have, have lithium batteries or anything that can potentially explode under pressure, you need to let the airline know that they're going to ask you when you check in, but you have to let them know you have it. If you have a device that needs to be plugged in that you're going to use during your flight, I would also let the airline know and make sure you, A, make sure you're on a flight that you have an outlet at your seat. And I would do that ahead of time when you book your travel. Make sure you're on a plane that you have an outlet. And number two, when you get on the plane, check your outlet. Um, I've been on plenty of planes where I've gone to plug in and the outlet doesn't work. So for me, no big deal because I'm usually just charging a computer or a phone, but if it's a medical device, you need that device to work. So they need to get you a seat where your medical device works. You also need to tell them about whatever chronic illness or disability you have. So you can board early. That way you can, you know, sit, get yourself situated 
that's where you can actually check the outlet to make sure your medical device works and they can make the arrangements to get you into a different seat. That's why you board early. Uh, so make sure you make that arrangement with them. Um, you usually get a special ticket and they will board you first. And if you have a need for special meals, that is something else you need to let the airline know. Uh, if you have food issues, they can usually get you some special meals, but if it's too much, you're probably just going to need to bring your own food, which isn't always the worst because <laughs> some airline food is pretty good, but some airline food, you're like, mm, yuck. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to eat this. Usually go with the eggs. If you can eat eggs, <laughs> it's usually okay. But no, I've had some good airline food, guys. I, I am too. not going to say all airline food is not all bad. I've had some good airline food. So there you go, airlines. Shout out to some <laughs> your chefs. Um, but special meals, they can accommodate some things, but they can't. I just want you guys to know they can't accommodate all things. So don't expect total miracles. I also recommend for almost everyone who flies compression socks. I just do, they're comfortable. They keep your circulation going. Um, if you have chronic pain or any type of vascular disorder or diabetes, compression socks, and you can get them in different colors and different designs. And you can be that cool person. Like I have ones that have unicorns and I have ones that have shamrocks. Okay, I'm all about blinging out. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> First of all, I'm about being comfortable on airplanes. I am also about blinging out. I'm that person that gets on the plane. I am like, where are my slippers? Slippers. I bring slippers on the plane, guys. Because shoes, I get like really hot feet on the plane. This, By the way, these, I'm not talking short flights. If it's like an hour flight, I don't take off my shoes. These are longer flights. Slippers. And I always wear leggings. And a, like I have a sweatshirt and a t-shirt depending on what temperature they set the plane. <laughs> We're layers, guys. We're layers. See, I'm never hot on planes. I'm always hot. So I love the plane. I wear a tank top and a pair of like loose pants and I'm great the whole flight. Um, honey, I've been on planes where planes have been freezing and I've been on planes where um, I have almost wanted to get naked because they were so hot. I know me too. And it's so funny. Usually when they're real cold, I've seen people put on their, their coats and I'm in a tank top and I'm like, I just, I don't get, I don't get cold like that though. So for me, no, I know, but I have me. been on planes where like they have set the heat to where I'm like, okay, if I am hot, there is something wrong. I know. Right. It's awful. Yeah. It can be awful like, sometimes. I don't understand why it is so hot in here. So that's why I say dress in layers, guys, because especially with those of us who have a heat intolerance, they, it can get really bad, but you want, you want those layers. Like, that's why I bring extra socks. Cause I will have socks on and then I will put socks over my socks. And there's been times where I've flown higher classes where they give you socks and I've done socks over socks over socks with slippers <laughs> and blankets and other stuff. Love it. Uh, yeah. The temperature on planes just fluctuates so much. So does. No. Or you get like a gastrointestinal attack and your temperature starts going up and down. Because yes. um, you also never know. Always know where the toilets are on airplanes too. Ask. Oh, yeah. Ask and really pay attention. That's really important. Um, so anyway, compression socks though, 
I love them. They make me feel better on airplanes and I like to wear them. Just saying. So it's kind of the airplane route. The hotel room. Now you're there. You're there rocking and rolling, guys. You're in your place on vacation. Well, not really, because you could have taken a car. So let's talk about car travel. We're still on our way. Car travels, like we didn't, we're not going to go into RV travel because an RV is like traveling in a home. So basically, you pack for RV travel and you pack like you're traveling in a home, right? And you kind of have your bathroom there and you kind of have your cooking there and you kind of do your own thing and you can stop anywhere, right? So I'm not going to go into RV travel, but I am going to go into car travel a little bit because you have to plan ahead for a road trip. And the, the two key things to know when you're doing car travel are to know where your rest stops are because especially those of us who have gastrointestinal issues, going on the side of the road is not fun. It's horrible. I'm saying that with a perfectly straight face. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. No one wants to do it. Like rest stops aren't fun either because like usually they're not that great. I've been to some nasty ones. Some of them are really nice and clean, but some of them are just, but like literally going like, when you're not feeling well, going on the side of the road. And for some people, going on the side of the road isn't an option. Like the, the logistics of going on the side of the road aren't an option. So know where your rest stops are, guys. Know where the rest stops are. Know which rest stops are ADA compliant and okay. And there's plenty of, of websites that will tell you where they are on your route and which ones are good. Um, also know where the hospitals are along your route. The last thing you want to do is start having some sort of incident and start having to search at that moment for a hospital because um, you're already in the middle of something crazy and you don't want to be like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the hospital. I have to no see a doctor doubt. right now. And you have to like start searching on your map for a hospital, have a plan for like just along your route where there are some decent hospitals because um, you want to be able to plan for that. So that's, and then, you know, just the normal stuff, make sure you have good snacks, make sure you have good food and lots of water for your road trip. Uh, Cause you don't want to have to stop a million times along the way for those things. Nope. Okay. So those are my car travel trip tips. Now we're back to the hotel room. Nicole's favorite place. She likes a good hotel room. <laughs> a nice one. <laughs> she does. I'm a sucker for a good hotel room. Yes. I like it when you get like the little remotes that open up the curtain. Oh, yes. And oh, the ones I've stayed in with fireplaces. Those are gorgeous. Okay. I'm also a sucker for like Vegas hotel rooms. Oh, me too. You get like a few of the strip. I'm a sucker or for like, Vegas. Or like in hotel rooms where you get a balcony that overlooks an ocean. That's not in Vegas. This is like other hotel rooms. Ugh. It's so beautiful. I love vacations. That is neither here nor there. What is important for many of us is that we have a fridge, either yes. for our medications or for foods we'll need during our trip. So usually some hotels, they, a fridge is just in, our, in the room. All rooms have a fridge, no problem. Check with the hotel, see if that's the case. Some hotels you have to request a fridge. So you're, you need to check ahead of time with your hotel to see which it is. 
And it doesn't matter if it's a five-star rated hotel or a one-star hotel, still check with the hotel. Because even some five-star hotels, you still have to request a fridge. The other thing is you may, if you are, if you need an ADA room, like you need a hearing, like if you're deaf and you need a, a hearing accessible room, you need to request that ahead of time or make sure they have one. Um, if you need an ADA compliant shower, those things, you need to make sure you request that access ahead of time. The last thing you want to do is get to the hotel and make the request on site, and then they don't have one, they don't have one for you. So, and make sure that their elevators are operational before you get there. That's, That's always a, important. <laughs> hey, I've gotten, I've gotten to hotels and they're working on their elevators while I'm there. And there's like hours in the day where you can't access an elevator. And it's frustrating. It's super frustrating. Like I've gotten to conventions and there's like one elevator working. And it's just not, and you'll wait like 15 minutes for an elevator. So for people who need it, uh, you know, for people who can't take the stairs, that is extremely frustrating. Absolutely. So just double check these things before you get into a hotel room. Travel insurance is incredibly important because the next thing I'm going to say, and I don't mean travel insurance, like when you're booking your flight and you get that little box and you check it, I mean, true and tried travel insurance and that travel insurance that covers you for like medical needs or is going to medevac you out in the middle of a crisis out of a, out of a foreign country. These are, these are things, especially for people with chronic illnesses that we may need. Heck yeah. And it's a little bit more expensive, but will cover you because you have to check your health insurance. Your health insurance may not cover you in a foreign country, which is so sad to say, but your health insurance may not. So you may need to tack on some travel insurance during your trip to make sure you are covered while you're in a foreign country. And, you know, God forbid something happens. It, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it, a little bit of extra money. And, you know, for me, when I get it, it gives me peace of mind. Mm -hmm. You guys, it's, I've seen it happen. I've seen friends who've been hospitalized in foreign countries because of random things. I had a friend who had kidney stones come up um, while he was on a trip and had to have a stint at, put in. I had another friend who had to have surgery on his elbow in a foreign country while we were on a trip. And, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen, you guys. And we, especially with our chronic illnesses, are so prone to random things happening to our bodies. That travel insurance is so important. And, and so the final piece of advice that I think we're going to give is be prepared for the unexpected. Yes. Which is why I say buy the travel insurance. And I'm, I am not promoting any travel insurance company. That's not it. But what I'm saying is be prepared for the unexpected because anything can happen to our bodies at any point in time. It truly can. Anything can happen during a trip at any point in time. Like, yeah. you know, same as being at home, right? Like you're on a, I mean, I was on a trip. I ran my Segway into a bus. <laughs> Oh my, <laughs> oh my 
my gosh. I had a bruise on my behind, like super big because I like flew off the Segway and whatever. Yeah, I was texting. I'm like, I, I am riding my Segway into a bus. And by the way, no one with no one who is not stable on their own feet or has like any sort of any sort of like problems like with proprioception should get on a Segway. No doubt. They should never have let me take that thing. No. But I got on it and um, that was a really bad idea. I sometimes, I told you guys I make mistakes, right? <laughs> this was one of them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was not good. So see why I didn't kiss the Blarney Stone? I probably <laughs> You probably would have fallen off. <laughs> But that's why I'm saying be prepared for the unexpected. You just don't know the things that are going to happen to you. You just don't know when something weird, something strange, you're going to, we went on a trip once with a youth group and we got to the hotel and the hotel that had been booked was like, oh, we are overbooked. We put you at another hotel. And we had to move an entire youth group to another random hotel in the city things happen guy like all you can do is prepare as much as you possibly can like I said my luggage in Ireland got lost mm-hmm. for two days I had to figure out how to brush my teeth and take care of myself for two days plan as much as you can so that when the unexpected happens you can deal with it those are those are our two cents about traveling with a chronic illness guys what I what I would say is I mean, those are our two cents. I am sure we missed some stuff. (laughs) I'm positive. So I would say share. We're going to put some links in the show notes for um, our new Noteworthy. And we'll also put a link to the Facebook group in the show notes and share your tips and tricks and ideas. Yeah. Because I think this is a really good topic for people to share, share the things that have worked for you, share your experiences. Like don't get on a segue. If you have bad proprioception, mm-hmm. it's one of mine. Don't lose your, you know, don't lose your psychotropic meds in a foreign country that doesn't like them. I'd love to, I'd love to hear your, your ideas. Cause maybe there's things that would help me when I travel. That's what we have this week, guys. Thanks so. for tuning in again. Thank you. And we'll be back next week with more fun times. Yay. Everybody have a wonderful week. Yes. And we'll chat more later. Bye guys. Bye.